us today, we have a very special guest. Ethan Slater is joining us by telephone. Broadway fans will know Ethan from SpongeBob SquarePants, where he is making his debut on Broadway in the title role. Ethan, thank you for chatting with us at Broadway Video. Thanks for having me. So, making your debut in a title role. You know, what is that like, and how did you get from point A to point B? Uh, as you can maybe imagine, it's pretty surreal. Um, yeah. It, it's been, a, it's been a, like a truly unbelievable experience. I'd say, first and foremost, I feel incredibly lucky to be surrounded by just a family of a cast. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of debuts in the cast, so there's like a really excited energy about that. And, and um, but, but we've also got, you know, some amazing veterans who are like showing us the ropes and everyone is like such, such a family. So, um, you know, you know, technically I, I am playing a character with the title role, but it, it really feels like an, a, a tight ensemble. And that um, that makes it really easy and fun to do. Uh, and it makes the show really exciting every night. So it's, it's, that's been a really special thing. I was cast in a workshop six years ago almost, um, oh you know, six years in May, of the untitled Tina Landau project. So, <laughs> you know, it wasn't – yeah, it was like not, not a musical. There was no book. It was just um, – you know, I was actually <laughs> – I, I auditioned for a character named Bumbling Bu- – uh, sorry, no, uh, Bubble Burt. I believe Danny Skinner, who plays Patrick Star now, was Bumbling Bub. Um, and, and my audition was just like, go into a room in front of one of your favorite directors of all time and, uh, you know, do two minutes of free form physical comedy. <laughs> and, um, you know, it may have been a little more structured than that, but that's certainly how it felt. It was, uh, it was, you know, super intimidating, but also like one of the most fun auditions I've ever had. Um, and, uh, I, I was, you know, fortunate enough to be cast as Bubble Burt and then have been kept along for the ride ever since. We've done workshops and readings and development labs over the course of the past coming on six years. And then we did it out of town in Chicago. And here we are. So my specialty is math. Uh, six years ago makes you 19. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was at, 19. Were you in college, or were you out there auditioning, or how did you, how did this end up that you got called in for a Tina Landau project? Yeah, I, I was in college. I was, um, I was at Vassar College actually with Lily Cooper. Oh, okay. um, and cool. in the fall semester of that year, she and I were in the skin of our teeth together uh, at at school at Vassar, and. The, and in the spring semester, I was looking for internships, and uh, I applied to this program uh, at Shakespeare on the Sound, which is, you know, it, um, in Connecticut. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and and I was really applying to work with the composer Stu, who was, yeah. you know, writing new music, and and I was super excited about that. I love Passing Strange, and I I, I feel like I had just seen it, um, though it might have been a year a year or two before. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I was like I was applying for that um, internship, and I had to audition for it. And so I did the audition for that over Skype, and they asked me to come in for their main stage show, which was being cast um, by Kaleri Casting by Erica Jensen. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, they cast me in a role in that. And then two weeks later, I get a phone call uh, saying, you know, we have this other project, the Untitled Tina Landau project that we think you might be the right shape for. <laughs> uh, and, you know, would you mind coming back into the city and auditioning for this other thing? Um, and it was, it was a really funny conversation because he, it was, uh, you know, um, Paul Davis had called me and, and he was incredibly good to me over this process. I didn't have an agent or anything. I had never worked in New York and, and, um, he was incredibly helpful throughout. Um, but he, uh, he said, you know, I, I, uh, I can't tell you officially what the project is, but I think you'll either recognize the sides or you'll recognize the picture that I'm attaching to the bottom of the email. <laughs> and, and, you know, the sides were a, a scene from SpongeBob and then the picture was SpongeBob. So um, he was right. He was right. I recognize both. Uh, so were you a SpongeBob fan beforehand? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a casual fan of SpongeBob. I didn't actually have cable growing up. Um, watched a lot of PBS, uh, but I would watch SpongeBob at friends' houses and and at my <laughs> grandma's house. Um, so it's like it's like ingrained in me this like incredible memory of like going to my friend's house, you know, in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and we we were in a band together, and and we would, you know, g- sit in his living room and and um, put on SpongeBob and drink like chocolate milk or strawberry milk and and you know eat snacks and then go play music so it's like it, it was like such a formative part of growing up for me um but it uh you know i also associate it with friends which is sort of a cool thing i think now now ethan you're from the washington dc area i believe is that correct yeah yeah because as james can tell you we've got a a friend and a longtime listener who um sent over some behind-the-scenes information about you when this whole SpongeBob thing was getting started. In fact, right now I'm looking at a picture of you as Pippin in your high school production of (laughs) Pippin. Okay, so – but she also said um, that you were a wrestler growing up as well, and it seems to me that there's a lot of that physicality and obviously the theater background doing Pippin as well, but kind of – combining those two things into this rule that seems like you would be tailor-made for this. So it, it makes perfect sense why they would call you in, even though you were just a, you know, a, a young college student without an agent. It seems like a lot of the background that you had led to this over-the-top physical character. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really true. I, I, um, the wrestling has come into play in, in a major way, although I will say my my wrestling background has come into uh, my professional acting career really frequently. Um, I've done you know off Broadway plays with with um, you know a company called One Yearly Cedar Company where I, where I find that I'm using sort of the wrestling vocabulary and physicality all the time. Um, so I found that like you know wrestling and theater have been really compatible and and working together has been really good for me. But yeah, with SpongeBob in particular. Um, there are so many, there are so many things that I do in the show that I learned to do on the wrestling mat, um, and so it's it's been pretty fun to put those things together. Um, and when I was doing Pippin, I was I was like running from the wrestling room to rehearsal. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was a crazy time. I love I love that. 
I wonder how many times uh, the lead in a Broadway musical has said, yeah, I, I really learned a lot from my days as a high school wrestler uh, to get ready for this role. <laughs> I have a feeling that hasn't been said all that often. But I, as you talk about this role, it it obviously is incredibly physically demanding, like you just, just mentioned. What do you do on a daily or weekly basis? Because you guys did start back in the fall. So you've been going for a while mm -hmm. now, but you're just getting ready to hit this point of the year where – I, you know, I'm knocking on wood. I have a feeling that you are going to be very busy over the next few months. What are you doing to keep yourself physically ready, not only to do your show, but all of the superfluous obligations that you're going to have between now and say June 10th? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, that's a, it's a really good question because I think sometimes people don't know what, a, what kind of a team there is that goes into keeping this Broadway show running. I mean, like just, off the bat, I'm going to physical therapy four times a week, um, and I work with some incredible physical therapists to um, make sure that I'm that I'm doing everything uh, in my power to stay, you know, physically strong and connected and safe. Um, I go to a voice lesson every week with with my you know miraculous voice teacher, um, Liz Kaplan, who's amazing, and I. Uh, you know, go to acupuncture once a week. So I've got all of these things every day. I'm doing something um, to sort of make sure that my body is in a, the best shape that it can be. Cause otherwise it, it does sort of add up, but fortunately I feel like I've been able to stay on top of it. And I feel like I'm in, I feel really great um, at the moment. Um, but yeah. And then I don't actually really have time to go to the gym so much. Well, I shouldn't say time. I don't really, I don't really have the mental time, you know, <laughs> like, um, the show itself is, is uh, a bit of a workout. I get to do a whole series of pull-ups and, you know, sure. handstands and things in the show. So I just, I, I warm up for 90 minutes before the show. And um, that way I'm, I'm not going to hurt myself during the show, but I feel like that's sort of my version of working out is the slow uh, stretch based warm up. Um, yeah. But it's it's definitely doing eight shows a week is a lot, and and the maintenance is. I'm I'm learning more and more how important it is. If you had a spectrum and you could put Broadway characters on this spectrum, from <laughs> on the very left hand side, very very sad to very very happy on the right hand side, I I would put the SpongeBob thing, you know, way to the right. Okay, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it, and the, the positive outlook on life and the happiness and all that goes along with it. And yet, while at Vassar, you played Burr in Wild Party. Yeah. So tell us about... <laughs> sort of a different kind of clown, huh? Yeah, it's a different... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us about your your experience at Vassar that... Uh, uh, that prepped you to go right into a Broadway show. I'm that I did a lot of theater at Vassar, a lot of student theater, um, and I obviously I took acting classes and and you know majored in drama. So I I think just doing a lot of things and you know sort of I I, I um, my senior my senior project was uh, a musical that I co-wrote and you know was in and we like put up and 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 um, I think creating theater really prepared me for the rehearsal room that, that we had in SpongeBob. Um, I'm not sure that anything could have prepared me for the schedule 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll say though, like, you know, talking about the roles that I did, you know, while in college or my, the other roles that I've done other than SpongeBob, um, I don't think there's, there's a lot that's like this character. Um, yes. Like he, he's, he's like the beamingly optimistic and, and, um, you know, full of love and, uh, unbelievably acrobatic. And I, I've never done anything like it. Um, but I think that playing roles, you know, with a, a different kind of gravity, I think SpongeBob has gravity, but it's a, it's a lighthearted gravity. Um, I, I, you know, playing, playing other kinds of roles did prepare me to take this role seriously. And I think that that's something that I've really appreciated. Um, and also I've appreciated about, about working with Tina is that she's, she's all about the emotional truth and the grounded human core of these characters. Um, sure. Best joke wins, but the most important thing is telling the story. And, and so I'd say that, you know, my training in drama at Vassar, um, uh, really allowed me to look at SpongeBob as a character that um, was worthy of that kind of attention, and, and I think that helped. I'd like to think I'd like to think it helped. Well, one of the things that really fascinates me that you talk about working with Tina and this whole rehearsal process. When I saw the show, like the thing that kind of after the the spectacle of the uh, of the sets and all of the great performances, as I was sitting back thinking about it, kind of flipping through the playbill on the way, you know, on the train back, I was like, it it I forgot that there were so many different people involved in writing this show that all the different songs were mm. written by different people because it feels like such a cohesive show. Like I would have you if you would have told me that one person wrote the book and the score, I would have believed it. So I feel like. Uh, the thing that kind of blows my mind is how you guys had to have worked together to kind of build that cohesion, because clearly not everybody was in the room at every rehearsal trying to get this right. show right. What was who who was that? Was it uh, was it Tina Landau? Was it Tom Kitt? Was it a collection? How was it to try to craft all of these disparate pieces into one cohesive show? I, I, I it feels really collaborative to me between um, especially between. Tom Kitt and Tina and, you know, and, you know, Chris Kelly and um, Kyle Jarrow, who wrote the book. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think the place that it seemed to start in, from my point of view, is that even before there was a single song written and even before there was really a book written, there was just sort of the outline um, of what the story would be. Um, they were really very specific about what the function of each song would be. So as the show was being written, the songs weren't already there and the story had to be built around it. The story was being written and the songs um, were functioning like they do in a musical, which is that they're written for the moment. Um, and once once there, that was sort of in place, then the songwriters took over and, and crafted these sort of across the board brilliant songs, which are like which I can't believe I get to sing. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Tina continually worked with them to make sure that um, it was a living, breathing script, uh, that it has to be in a development process. And then in terms of sort of the cohesion, you know, I, Tom Kitt is uh, out of this world. Like he, he took these songs that were already really stunning and, um, I think he he kept the 
he kept the originality and and the tone of the artist and he was able to build the score um and so yeah i i, I think the work that he did on that is um you know is, is amazing like getting to watch it was such an honor uh it was like yeah i i can't really describe what it felt like to hear the orchestrations for the first time and uh and, you know, having just sort of sung them with the piano and, and maybe heard the demos here and there and then hearing it orchestrated at the first sits probe and, and just realizing that this was going to be, you know, uh, a Tom Kip, you know, masterclass was was pretty cool. So I would I would say that they they all did a, a, a lot of work, a lot of incredible work, and they worked really well together Um I feel like I learned a lot about theater making by being in that room with with those people. You have an, uh, a unique perspective, having been involved with the project for six years. How has it changed? What was? Can you remember back to the first table read? Was it half an hour? Was it a full two hour thing? Or and has it been? Have there been things thrown out that you kind of miss, and other things that? Oh yeah. Uh, you know it's. Uh, ha- and how it's evolved. Give us a little insight in that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember quite how long the first read through was. I think it was a, I think it was a full two hours. Um, I would say, I would say one of the things that's, that's definitely struck me over the course of this process is how surprisingly good Nickelodeon has been as a producer. They've been, it's been like the creative process has been, uh, their number one priority from the get go. Um, Vargo's and, been working on it for ten years, so you know. Uh, yeah, truly, and and she, and she's like, you know, she has the same kind of passion that Tina has for this project. You know, that they, it's not, um, it's about making the best show. You know, and it always was. And I, th- I thought that was really admirable to see. Um, and and yeah, I I, I think that uh, the fact that creativity sort of coming first and Tina's vision coming first, um, allowed, uh, allowed for a lot of changes, allowed for a lot of, um, growth in the script. I I would say that the story now feels pretty, uh, prescient and current. Um, and I think that there was an ebb and flow with that, how, how much it felt, uh, you know, true to the world that we live in, how, how much Bikini Bottom mirrored our world sort of ebbed and flowed over the course of the years. One thing that's really sticking out to me is a single joke that was in the first, that was in the very first draft mm-hmm. and was all the way in and through Chicago and is no longer in it. And I miss it dearly uh, <laughs> is that Squidward says the most important concert of, in all of history and old man Jenkins then went, did you, uh, no, so, and then somebody else said, did you say the most important concert in all of history? And old man Jenkins went, no, he said the most potent Ronsford walls of mystery. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but that is my favorite joke that's ever been written. <laughs> it's no longer in the show. <laughs> the most potent Ronsford walls of mystery. You were right the first time. <laughs> that seems like a perfect SpongeBob joke. Like, like that makes yeah. that fits so well. It's so it was so good. It was so good. And then the scene changed, and so the joke had to go. And I guess that's just how it goes. 
That's showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> showbiz. That's showbiz. <laughs> that's really funny. So, uh, uh, growing up, you, uh, you're the, you're the child of, uh, your parents are in government. Uh, you grew up yep. in Georgetown. Uh, what's it like, the D.C. feeling versus the New York feeling? And, uh, and uh, are, uh, when you call home to talk to your friends from that area, are, are they mm. still like, I cannot believe Ethan's on Broadway? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's a fair amount of I cannot believe that he's, he's on Broadway. Um, uh, but very a very supportive version of that. Of yeah, very, like, no, uh, no, absolutely. You know. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I loved growing up in D.C. I really did. My parents are, are uh, government doctors um, in the FDA and NIH, respectively. So, you know, they're, they're not in politics, which is good um <laughs> for the for the family unit i think um <clears throat> uh but yeah my, um it, it was it was great growing up in in dc um, Your brothers and sisters yeah i have uh, uh two sisters two brothers and what do they do are, are they are they artistic as well or do they do other things or not not in the arts i'm the only one in the arts mm -hmm. lawyer consulting firms and uh law school um, uh, occupational therapist, you know. Yeah. Uh, so all over the place. <laughs> um, but they, but they've you know come to see the show a bunch, and uh, I have a text thread with my sisters that's pretty hilarious, where they <laughs> update me on things SpongeBob that I'm about to find out from stage management. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. They're 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 keyed in in, in a really great way. And you met your fiance at summer camp at age thirteen. Yes, I um, I, lo I love our story. Um, my, tell us, my, tell my us the story. You know, twelve years ago, you guys met. Yeah, we met twelve years ago. Um, she she's a, uh, is a triplet, and her two brothers were very good friends of mine at summer camp. Um, and she and her father came to visit one of her brothers. Um, and while they were there, you know, her brother went off and played basketball and, you know, all the, all the, you know, boys in our bunk were playing basketball and I'm, um, I guess not surprisingly not very good at it. So I decided to give them a tour, uh, her and her father. So I'm giving them a tour of the camp and we're like, you know, talking and I don't think she and I made eye contact once the entire time. <laughs> uh, and then that next fall we were in school together. We had both transferred into the same high school. Um, and we, we really didn't become good friends though. We were in a number of classes together until, uh, the end of our junior year of high school when we, you know, really hit it off. And, um, she sort of got me through all of my AP exams senior year and, uh, and I <laughs> held her back substantially during the AP exam senior year. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, we sort of went our separate ways for college, um, and over the summer, the same summer that I started working on the Untitled Tina Landau project, I went back to D.C. for a couple of weeks, and we hit it off again. You know, we rekindled the friendship that had never really had, had never really uh, faltered, but we um, got really close again. We started dating and seeing each other, and 
we were long distance for two years until we moved to New York and moved in together and, and now we're engaged. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I just like, I, our lives have been intertwined in a way that is, uh, is incredibly special, I think. And she is just the best teammate ever. Oh, that's um, great. That's great to hear. And my goodness, you're just, uh, you, you, did you live in New York uh, before the SpongeBob thing all happened, or did you move to New York just for SpongeBob? I I, uh, I had been spending summers in New York, um, basically for SpongeBob uh, mm-hmm. workshops. Um, but because I was there for a two week workshop, I decided to stay, you know, for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Um, and I did. I actually did a a show at the New York City Fringe Festival uh, called Independence, um, which was also with Lily Cooper. Um, <laughs> I can't get uh, rid of her. <laughs> I know. It, it's amazing. She was in my New York debut my and my Broadway debut and my first show at, at college. Um, I'm, I'm, I, we'll see what's next. Um, but yeah, that was, and, and, uh, and then I just started coming here for the summers and, and, and doing, um, you know, off-Broadway plays mainly. Um, and then I, I moved here after school and, and, you know, worked at a coffee shop until this started. Um, but yeah, just auditioning and, and doing things here and there. Well, that's awesome. Well, let us, uh, let you get back to, you have a show to prepare for tonight. Uh, and so we'll let you run. But um, listeners can catch up with Ethan Slater, of course, down at SpongeBob SquarePants or online at ethanslater.com or on Twitter at Ethan Slater at Twitter, uh, at Ethan Slater on Twitter. Ethan, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. We really appreciate it on Broadway Radio. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. <laughs> 